the Lightning Process podcast, using the mind-body connection for health and happiness. Hi, Dr. Phil here. Welcome to this episode of the Lightning Process podcast. Today, I want to talk about a really interesting research paper that's just been published from the Oslo Chronic Fatigue Consortium. If you're watching this on video, you'll see me looking at some notes I've got to my left. Uh, If you're on audio, you won't notice that. So uh, the reason I want to look at notes is that there's quite a lot of details to this paper, but it's such an important paper. I want to talk about it so you you get what's going on. So what they've done here is they've looked at what's going on in the world of chronic fatigue syndromes and starting to address some of the issues. So one of the big issues is there's a conversation that these illnesses are incurable and this isn't true and they're identifying that this is just a a, an important part of the conversation that a lot of people have got stuck with it but there are a lot of people who've recovered and that part of the story doesn't get enough of the spotlight so they're questioning this narrative this story that chronic fatigue syndromes including post-covid conditions are incurable diseases and in fact the world health organization still refers to chronic fatigue syndrome as being an incurable disease that's just not the case i personally have seen you know tens of thousands of people who've who've recovered completely and stayed well for over 20 something years from this condition and what's fascinating about this is this is the one of the very first papers that's really stating that and saying there are people out there who've definitely recovered from this condition and that's runs against a big conversation you will have from many organizations involved in the field from any consultants doctors saying you can't do anything about that and one of the reasons for this is that people who uh, they usually do research on with uh, chronic fatigue and long COVID are people who have it which is completely reasonable but it's also super important to talk to people who've recovered from it to find out what happened to them. If you don't do that, you don't hear that side of the conversation. And that's what's happened so far. Most of the focus, in fact, almost all of the focus has been on people who've got stuck. Very important conversations to have to identify what's going on for them. But it means this second half of the conversation about hope, about possibility, has got lost somewhere. And that needs to be redressed. And that's one of the important things they're saying. So the title of this paper is Chronic fatigue syndromes, real diseases that people can recover from. And those two statements are super important. Real diseases, real illnesses, saying these are genuine. People aren't making it up. And this is a big part of the, the the old school chronic fatigue conversation we'll come to in a minute, where people weren't believed when they said they were real. So real diseases and that people can recover from, that there is a possibility of getting well from these things and that's such an important message to give so let's dig a bit more into the paper they say this new narrative about you can recover from this offers hope to patients while still recognizing the symptoms and conditions are real and uh, one of the mechanisms to understand this which if you listen to my podcast you've heard me talk about a lot is that it's the brain's response to a range of biological psychosocial factors rather than specific disease process and that there's a neurobiological stress response accompanied by a whole range of changes in the immune system the hormone system cognitive and behavioral domains of of health and we need to look at this holistically once again it's super important to stress this is a real illness just because we're saying we need to approach it holistically and look at this neurobiological mechanism does not mean 
we're saying this is all in your all in your mind. You're just thinking you're ill. That's not what it's saying at all. It's saying the brain is affected, and there are lots of ways to change that. And we need to think holistically about it. But if you if you can affect the brain to change the immune system and the endocrine system, then you can have a direct effect on the physical body. So uh, the other thing they say at the start of the paper is recovery is often possible. And that, again, is such a rare thing to find in the research because all the focus has been on people who haven't recovered. So let's dig down into some of the details of the paper. First of all, the key point is we need to challenge misconceptions that contrary to common belief, severe fatigue syndromes are not necessarily incurable. Improvement and even recovery is possible. Super important to hear that. This message of hope is, is not as loud as it could be because of the dominance of the research into the problem rather than talking to people who've got well. People who get well, let's imagine you have COVID and you get well, or you have tetanus and you get well from a bacteria or a virus. You don't spend the rest of your life saying, hey, I got well from that. That's probably not going to be the main focus of your life. You're going to be getting on with your life. So those people aren't very loud. They're not going to be talking about their issues that they used to have anymore because they don't have them. Whereas if you're stuck with that illness, it's reasonable, natural. You're going to be talking about it, trying to find solutions to it. And that's going to be a louder footprint of information. And of course, because of this research bias that we've explored already, where a lot of research has been done on people with it rather than people who recover from it, that engenders this kind of unbalanced conversation. Next, it says there is a limitation in diagnostic labels. So current labels that people use like ME, chronic fatigue syndrome, post-COVID syndrome, exhaustion syndrome, burnout syndrome, all have different treatments. And it may be misleading because the symptoms of these conditions overlap so much. If we start to box people, go, well, I've got this, I've got that. Then we try and find different treatments rather than going, actually, maybe this is all the same mechanism going on and the same approaches would be helpful. Next point is taking a holistic perspective is super important. Saying that over the last 40 years on to researching to CFS and ME, no specific biological pathology has yet been identified. So we spent a long time trying to find, everyone's desperate to try and find the agent that causes the virus, the bacteria, the uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, whatever it may be, and just haven't been found with any consistency across this group of people with these illnesses. So they're proposing it's time to consider a more holistic view looking at this biological psychosocial model. Next point, which kind of taps into this, is also saying these are real symptoms produced by the brain. The symptoms are undoubtedly real, it says, but they may not always indicate bodily disease. So symptoms can be perceived by the brain and can arise as a result of neural networks. There's also, when you get the brain being strange in the way it's processing information there's a two-way street how the brain processes that information then what it tells the tissues to do in response so you can get a direct effect of the brain not quite processing properly tracking into the physiological tissues there's also a lot of confusion around well what's going on i I don't really understand what's happening And, and the paper says the condition can be understood rather than it's a mystery the symptoms of the illness can be understood as an adaptive response evolved through evolution to keep us safe by signaling issues like tissue damage and resource depletion. So 
the brain has this mechanism, which I've talked about, about before, the flight and fight response, fear response, or freeze response, which is the body's way of going, oh, something's wrong here, we need, to, we need to worry about it, and changing how the body responds, signaling that new hormones need to be produced to take care of this area, when actually the area may not be as damaged as we thought it was. So there can be a miscommunication within the brain-body connection. And what we need to do is look at, well, what's happened to this healing mechanism? What do we need to do to restart it, to press, press the reset button? Talks about the importance also of balancing activity and rest. There's a lot of stuff in the world of chronic fatigue syndromes that says, well, what you need to do is just rest and rest and rest and rest and rest and rest. So it's saying, actually, maybe that's not the solution. Rest may be important in the early phases. We take care of ourselves, like with any illness. But then what we need to do is find ways to improve the function of our body. The lightning process is one of the things that does it. There are other range of process, processes and approaches that will also help that. But instead of just waiting for it to go, to take active steps. It also says we need to have an ethical and inclusive a- approach. And this is this whole really important part, which is a lot of patients have had a lot of mistrust over the years where people have said, oh, I'm ill and, and they can't find anything. They go, well, you can't be ill. And as a result, people have been fighting very hard to go, I am ill, please take me seriously. We need to look at this from a physiological perspective, find the pathology. And that's been a big focus of the chronic fatigue conversations, like proving that I'm ill. And if you come come around telling me I can just get well without giving me a drug to fix this particular bug or virus, then you're denying the importance of my illness. And that's a big conversation that is, is important because it's not fair that people haven't been believed. They need to be believed. But it also has taken us down a particular route of looking from a, a pathological perspective. We've got to find the bug. Instead of kind of going, well, actually, something's going on in your body. It's not healing. What can we do to address any factors that may be important in moving that forward? So including the whole looking at a more holistic perspective. Ethically, including all these conversations, let's continue to look for pathology, but it's also look ways we can stimulate the physiology to get well and of course include those people who've recovered in our conversation so we can understand well what did you do what worked for you this patient perspective is super important but it has to be both it has to be people who have still got the condition and people who've recovered otherwise we're just getting a one-sided view and actually there's so much value to be gained by asking people who've recovered what happened how did you do it what do you like now we also need to recognize that there's a potential harm to this stuck perspective. That if we portray these conditions as incurable, it really fuels this fear and hopelessness and disempowerment. And also prevents us starting to look at, well, what treatments might work? If we don't believe anything will work, why put any time into that? So this whole recovery agenda, looking at, well, what works? What works for you? It's different for different people to help people find their way through this. And finally, an urgent need for more open dialogue, that there's more dialogue within the public, understanding these conditions and the treatment of these conditions, rather than this either lack of information, I'd never heard of this illness before, that's an issue you often have, or nothing works for this illness, that's another conversation you have, rather than this is an important issue, it affects many, many people, we're seeing this more with long COVID, it's becoming more prominent, and there are ways out. So really interesting paper. I recommend reading it because it's it's a very positive paper and a very inclusive paper. I think wherever you are on that continuum of 
you know, I'm stuck. I think it's a physical illness to I'm well. I've completely got, got my wellness back. Whatever you are in that conversation, I think there's value in this because it says there are solutions. We need to take this seriously. It's a real illness and you can recover from it. So I hope you found it interesting. Go check out the paper. I'll see you on the next podcast. Podcast to get the latest episodes. And email us phil at philparker.org if we can help in any way at all.